Welcome to the PWE and Me podcast, a place where we talk about the workplace, how it's changing, and ways that we can create an experience at work that is inspiring, real, and motivates us to bring our best self to work. PWE, what is it? Well, it's an acronym for Purposeful Workplace Experience. I'm on a mission to help our workplaces shift from being transactional to transformational, and PWE is how we will get there. My name is Carolyn Suara, your host and creator of PWE. Welcome everyone to another episode of PWE and Me. And you know, it might be a little bit cloudy outside there today, but I'm telling you there's lots of sunshine coming your way because the guest on on today's episode is Greg Swain. And Greg is going to bring a lot of sunshine and light and beautiful insight to our conversation. Uh, Greg is a direct support professional with the Ottawa Carlton Life Skills Program. Is that, is that, did I say that right? Yeah, that's perfect. Okay. Um, so yeah, so welcome. You know what? It kind of got off to a little bit of a bumpy start there, Greg, but uh, I know you're going to bring some sunshine here into the conversation. Uh, so welcome, welcome. You're joining us from Ottawa today, I'm, I'm guessing. I am, and it's actually quite sunny here today, so I will be bringing the sunshine the best I can. See? Yeah, and I didn't even, I didn't even know that. I didn't yeah. even know that. <laughs> so I, I want to <laughs> let everyone know, Greg reached out to me um, and uh, asked to come on to the show, and I was absolutely delighted. Because Greg is a great example, and we're going to hear more from him today, about how you in the in the entry level or front lines, as we as we might call it, can make a difference and really impact the culture of the organization. So, Greg, I'm so glad you reached out. Um, you. I have to say, I also loved on your LinkedIn profile, hashtag take off your armor, mm-hmm. dealer of hope and igniter of change. I mean, mm-hmm. it sounds uh, it sounds like you've got a lot of great um, spirit and energy that you're sharing with the world. I, I'd like to think so, and um, it's we're in the early stages right now of trying to make this an entire movement that take off your armor idea, and it's just to get people to let down their guard, uh, regardless of their title inside of a organization, and just create a human experience where we can all work towards the vision um, that our organization is trying to pursue, and uh, that's what the that's what the idea is behind that. Movement, yeah. Take off well. Your- Let's, uh, let's, let's hear a little bit about like, why did you like, what, um, what inspired you to reach out, uh, and ask to be on this podcast? Let, let's hear a little bit more about well, that. First and foremost, I'm, I'm a massive fan of the podcast to begin with. And, uh, I've been following it for, um, I found it about six, six months ago, I believe it was. And, yep. um, I, I own your book as well. Oh, and, thanks, Mike. Um, when I, I actually found it by visiting your website because I was looking for people that I could network with that shared similar ideas and get an opportunity to tell our agency's story. So I saw a LinkedIn post that you had posted that you were going to be opening up tapings for season three and four of the PWE and Me uh, podcast. And when I saw that, I believe it was the same day, I reached out and I just said, this is my story. I believe this is the platform where it needs to be told. Um, you share the same vision. And that brings us to right now. 
Beautiful, beautiful. Well, I am so, so glad. And, you know, the other interesting piece to this, which I didn't know until afterwards, is that you have um, you you have been in, con- in a connection with um, a group of people that I now work with uh, mm. at One Degree. Yes. So when when you first reached out, I didn't know that that connection existed. And so I was fortunate enough to meet these amazing people who started a company called One Degree. Um, and, and our whole purpose uh, at One Degree is advancing humanity through work. So everything that you just said, how can we be human through deeper connections? And uh, so, yeah, I've been with them for about two years now. And I think you uh, and your organization that you work with, started working with them three years ago. Maybe take us through a little bit of that journey and what inspired you to become, you know, this dealer of hope and igniter of change and really creating change in the workplace um, and, and, and inspiring others around you. Absolutely. And um, oddly enough, um, where I am today with the organization and my relationship with the organization was quite different at the time that One Degree came in and did their cultural assessment for us. And um, the shift that's happened since we started these cultural changes has been so significant that um, we're having an opportunity to do something on a national level that's never been done in our industry before. And I'll get to that eventually. But what I'll do is I'll start with how it all started. So in 2017, um, one of our directors had hired One Degree to come in and do a cultural assessment for our organization. And... At the time, my relationship with my workplace was actually quite rocky, and Mm. it was um, not a positive uh, relationship at all. And one thing that uh, we talk about quite often, especially today, is how different my brand was back then. Wow. Back in those days. That was only um, two years ago, though. It was only two years ago, but a lot can happen when you have the right advice in a short amount of time. And I believe that two years is a short amount of time for the significance of change that's happened. Right. But basically what had happened was that one degree had come in and they were doing these galvanization sessions with our organization where employees from all facets of the organization could come in at one place and openly discuss what's working, what's not. Right. And talk about our, uh, our scores on the Barrett value, um, uh, scales. Right. And, we were all given an opportunity to speak our mind and say what was working and what was not. And one of the main uh, issues was revolving around employee sick time and mental health. And at that time, I was actually going through one of my darkest times in my life. And I was um, going through some treatment for some mental health issues that I was having at the time. And I'm a uh, survivor of PTSD um, that I acquired while at work. Um, But it was starting to um, starting to pose problems for the organization because I needed significant amounts of time off while I was receiving treatment. Hmm. And that became problematic between my relationship with the organization and uh, with myself. So through these galvanization sessions, it was the first time that we were really given a platform where we can have an open conversation where uh, it was not necessarily mediated, but guided to yeah. be positive. And, and I do a lot of those sessions now. It was one of the things I loved about One Degree when I found them is, is yeah, giving people the space and a safe space to mm-hmm. talk, to have real conversations. And it sounds like, Greg, you got to have, you got a platform to have some real conversations. Is that is that right? Absolutely. And yeah. the first time that 
as an organization, they had had those kind of real conversations. And as an individual, I had had that kind of conversation in a workplace setting. Yeah. Um, so what had happened from that was that um, we had established that our entire agency was lacking in the way that we communicated with each other and the way that we handled civility and respect in the workplace was problematic as well. Right. Which led to low culture scores, of course, because when you don't get along, you don't you don't feel comfortable in your work environment and you're not necessarily sure if you sh- if you do share the same vision anymore, you're disengaged or you show up just for the paycheck. Um, a lot of presenteeism, things like that. Right. And I'm guessing too, Greg, like in your line of work, it's, it's public sector work. You're really, mm-hmm. you're working with people in the community who like, you're really giving a lot of hope and purpose to people in your community, but yet you weren't, you weren't collectively finding it in your own place of employment. Is that fair to say? Absolutely. And that's something that, uh, so my organization, um, Ottawa Carlton Life Skills, we take care of adults with physical and developmental disabilities in total care settings and in other programs that we offer as well. Um, And one thing that I say so often is that we're in the business of caring for others, but we often forget to care for each other and ourselves. And, and 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 I'm guessing too, people don't get up in the morning and come into work and think I'm going to be a real jerk today. But just carrying all of that pressure and the amazing work and impact that you're having on others, you almost forget to look after yourself and and your own environment at work. Absolutely, and that's uh, that's something that we know as compassion fatigue. So it's mm-hmm. when you give everything else to everybody else, but you don't have anything left for yourself at the end of the day. So when you mix that in with an organization that has uh, not the greatest culture at that time, what you have is you have people that are already giving everything that they have, and they're right. at the end of the day not feeling fulfilled. So whether or not they want to come back and do it again becomes a question. So mm-hmm. um, addressing these major issues like the communication, the civility and respect and how our organization handles issues like mental health or how people are feeling when it comes to compassion fatigue were things that we were given a platform for the first time to really be able to openly discuss. And for the first time as a frontline employee, I was able to see the negative effects of people calling in sick to work because we're a non-for-profit organization. So if we're spending hundreds of thousands of dollars on sick time and disability leaves and things like that, the organization has to scramble to find ways to retrieve those funds yeah. and recycle them somewhere else. So for the first time in my life, and this was in April of 2000, uh, April or May of 2017, I was given that perspective from a higher up position that I never even thought of in the past where um, I knew that I was coming to work every day in order to help somebody leave a mark on this world that they might not have been able to leave without my help right. those ones that are my care. But that I wasn't finding fulfillment in that and I was finding stress and exhaustion. So I wasn't viewing my job like that. And I wasn't thinking about the repercussions of an organization's perspective when I'm calling in sick or if I'm not seeking the help that I needed for my illness at the time. So, so then where did where did things go after that? So that that discussion, and that is a part of our process at One Degree, is to give um, space for that. And then, um, and then what happened after that, Greg? It sounds like something really shifted for you. Absolutely. And what it was, was that it, like I said, we had that perspective. So one of the things for the first time, so one of the things that, um, that Tim from One Degree had set us up with was the idea that we needed to form a culture change initiative, um, which was basically a committee of members of all facets of our agency. So we had frontline staff like myself, we had 
uh, management, we had senior management, and we had uh, right up to the director level of the organization. Right. And we would sit down together. And um, I should mention, we're a unionized environment. So we also have union representation in this committee as well. Okay. And we sat down and we started deciding what we needed to focus on to shift the culture and how people feel inside of our organization. So Greg, can I stop with it right there? What yep. inspired you? Because I, I know we, we do set up these culture crews or culture um, activists, culture catalysts. Now, something must have happened in those discussions that made you think, oh, I want to be involved in this. So like, what inspired you to get involved in that culture crew? So I had a, I didn't join it initially, to be honest. Okay. Um, I, I still had a lot of resentment towards the organization and I received a phone call about four months after it started from a director um, from our agency saying that he wanted to give me a platform to really speak my mind. And it's been suggested by the peers, by my peers that I join this committee. Oh, great. And okay. So that's how, that's what started the process. So my okay. very first meeting, I came in and I said, I think that we can change the way that mental health is viewed in our workplace and that we can create an environment where even on their worst days, an employee would rather come into work because of the support systems that we can create for them and put into place rather than stay at home and battle their mental health on their own. And in turn, we seize loss of sick time. We seize, we reduce the long-term and short-term disability claims. And we humanize our workplace and start taking care of the people that are running the vision of the organization and not just the people that we take care of. Wow. And then I'm guessing you took that and you ran with it. It's, I'm guessing that there's something big that you did with that. Well, what we did was... Um, I, after I did some research for about three months, I was given the opportunity to present my idea to senior management and senior management had been looking for a program similar to what I was doing. So they were already on the same page, but they didn't know where to start. And I had found the starting points and all the, the tools and materials that we wanted to run running forward. So I was given uh, a 20 minute presentation at a senior management meeting. It was the first time in the agency's history that a non-senior manager was invited to one of these meetings. And I pitched the idea and it was given approval on the spot. And I was given a team which involved, which included the director of human resources and his assistant. And over the course of the next two months, so this would bring us to uh, April of 2018 at this point, um, we were the first agency in Canada in developmental services that released a full mental health program for their employees and signed this declaration with the Canadian Mental Health Association saying that we would live these values forever moving forward on our journey to battle mental health in the workplace. Wow. Okay. We have to just stop there and just, okay. that is amazing, Greg. So just, you know, congratulations, first of all, for stepping in and having the courage to do that and to find your voice and be able to bring that. That's uh, that's pretty amazing. So I just wanted to have a, a, a moment of, of gratitude and appreciation for you. That's, that's, uh, that's something else. Way to go. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. And really important to point out with that is that the courage to step up came from the encouragement from my leaders, my senior leaders. I wouldn't have been able to do that if they hadn't given me that platform. And it's, I, I think that that's a very important thing to highlight is that, um, well, well, we did have that history, having one degree come in and do this assessment and establish, help us establish this committee gave everybody that, that idea that let's equalize the playing field and let's give 
everybody an opportunity to come up with these ideas. And if it wasn't for that phone call that I received from the director, I never would have, I never would have had that opportunity and I never would have felt value in the workplace. Right. Um, or maybe I would have, but maybe it would have been years down the line to like where we are today. But it's it's the encouragement that came from others around me that gave me the courage that I needed to do that. Well, and it just goes to say, you know, I know when I talk about this in my book, the power of connection with yes. people. Mm-hmm. And once you realize you don't have to do it all on your own, and let's face it, we can't get everything done on our own in today's business world. No. It's too, there's too much, there's too much, and it's happening all too fast. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's one thing to have those connections, and then it's another thing to be able to tap in to the insight that other people have. So I call that, you know, connection and collaboration. Mm-hmm. And, you know, what a, a fabulous story to demonstrate both of those things in action. And those little micro moments, you know, that phone call that was made to you, just it was, sounds like it was an, a door that opened up and you were able to just walk right through and and really turn into, you know, turn and create this great program. It, yeah. And honestly, it was a, it was a two minute phone call that changed my life. And, right. um, that's all it took was that one phone call from somebody higher up in our organization and to be given the platform to do this. And uh, that's, that's what brought us to where we are today. So can you tell us a little bit about, about that program in the workplace now? And, and is it related at all to um, that mental health standard that we have in Canada? It is. Um, so the, the program is called the National Standard of Psychological Health and Safety in the Workplace. And okay. it was created by the Canadian Mental Health Association and a slew of other professionals in their fields. And it's uh, first of its kind in the world. And it was developed right here in Canada. And it's a voluntary tool set that you can implement inside of your organizations that allow you to change the way that you view and handle mental health on a day-to-day basis in your organization. And so did you help create that or you found that and you brought it into the workplace? So I had nothing to do with the creation of that, but the way that you bring it into your workplace is completely dependent on the people that implement the system itself. Gotcha. So the the system, which is this, we'll call it the standard just to simplify it, but the standard is a um, framework that you need to build your own mental health system. And then you can navigate that framework and meet your agency's needs. So whatever your agency's needs happen to be, you can then branch out and start pulling in other services and products to help you uh, fix those areas that, that need repair in your workplace. So that could be anything from policy and procedure changes to resources and tools that you make available to your employees that is where the standard becomes kind of a, you can modify it to suit your needs using other things, but the framework itself is that standard and they provide you for that free of charge. And um, do you remember the website offhand for our listeners? Uh, If you go to the Canadian Mental Health Association, uh, their main website has it under, uh, I believe it's workplace is the tab that you click on and the national standard is a significant portion of their website. Right. Okay, Um, great. Yeah. And And so you, so you, you, you knew about that, you found it, and then you um, led the integration of that in your workplace then? My, myself and my team that, uh, that, was, a, that was appointed for me to lead, um, that's, that's how we rolled it out. And uh, basically what it was was that I still maintain a frontline position. So um, a lot of the research and everything that we were doing, I would bring to uh, my team and I would say, I need permission to purchase this or I need permission to 
uh, take time off work so I can follow um, some phone calls and some networking that I've been doing to help us implement this program faster than we could without them. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's how that's how we both basically broke it down was that uh, a team of three of us, um, which is now a team of two, mm-hmm. it's myself and the director of human resources, and uh, we've rolled it out to our uh, near 250 employees now. And, uh, and, and you have some, um, stories, like, have you, have you been able to, um, measure the impact? I know that's a very corporate thing to say, but no, it's, uh, it's uh, we, we have, and the, the beauty of it is that we were able to find a program, um, that was very well suited for our organization, which is, um, trust is a big issue at our organization right now. We're trying to, um, repair a lot of damaged trust between the staff and management and management in themselves. And what we did was we found a program that allowed us to interact unanimous or anonymously, sorry, um, f- with this software and it collects aggregate data, depending on how the employees are answering the questions. It offers things like stress tests. Hmm. It offers things like uh, mental health, basic knowledge quizzes. It allows them to track their mood in the workplace. And it sends us this aggregate data report that allows me to release tools and resources in real time to our employees to meet the problem areas at that moment. in our Wow. So what kind of things can you share? Like what kind of things um, that you get back in that report and then what you might release? Absolutely. so what would Absolutely. be an example, Greg? So we have a uh, stress test that we that we offer through this program. So the program is called Not Myself Today. And okay. it's a um, program that was designed by the Canadian Mental Health Association. And Not Myself Today allows employees to interact with their programs and to, to take all these quizzes. So it can be something like a stress test, or it can be your core knowledge of mental health and mental illness and what the differences are between the two. Um, it can also be, it, it also gives employees a scenario and they can say whether or not they're comfortable or uncomfortable having this discussion. So an example might be an employee has been off on leave for three months and is returning to work and rumor has it that they had a mental illness or a mental breakdown. Mm-hmm. How comfortable are you approaching that staff when they come back and asking mm-hmm. how they are? And it gives us an idea of where our staff are in terms of how they handle crucial conversations with each other and how they handle day-to-day tasks and how they navigate their day at work. And the data that we'll receive back shows us how they score on those, those tests, uh, stress tests. So it will show us what percentage of our employees are falling into the category of extreme stress, of moderate stress, regular stress, and low stress. And when we start seeing that there's more employees that are that are um, scoring in the high stress or extreme stress, or, sorry, moderate or high stress areas, we can start releasing stress busting tools and resources that they can do from the comfort of their own home. Wow, like, or, what would be an example of one of those? So activities that we can release to some of the staff for stress busting is um, something as simple as changing the way that you um, come home at the end of the day. So some people that are stressed out might throw themselves on the couch and watch Netflix, or they might binge eat, or yeah. they might... Um, stay up all night worrying about what happened at work and whether or not it's their fault and what people are going to think about them. There's a slew of things that people will do when they try and manage their own stress. I just visualized myself eating a bag of chips, by the way, when you said that. (laughs) So it's what we do is we release tools and ideas to these people, these employees 
that allow them different ideas on how they can uh, boost happiness. And it can be something as simple as going outside and going for a walk, or it can be something as simple as um, ask yourself what you're truly happy doing. Right. And- connecting, connecting to those emotions that they're feeling and trying to separate them, right? So helping yeah. them understand that they don't have to be that way. Exactly. And Mm. it gives them an idea that maybe sitting on the couch and watching Netflix isn't the way that they're going to release stress or reduce stress. They need to find something that's going to give them purpose or fulfillment. And it can be a hobby. It can be something that they can pick up and just start socializing with people. Like we want to give people just a different, we want to shift their mindset and get them more comfortable um, pursuing either their own relief for these signs and for these symptoms that they're having, whether it's stress or other mental illness like anxiety, depression, or something more serious. Um, or we want them to be socializing with other people and getting used to the idea that it's okay to have those conversations and talk about it. Right. And our end goal is to create a workplace where mental health is commonly discussed, just like a common cold. And I can say, uh, Carolyn, my throat hurts today. And you can say, well, my, my grandmother used to give me this lemon and honey mixture and it would always help. I want to be able to come up to you and say in the workplace and say, Carolyn, I'm stressed out. And then you openly give me feedback on what's worked for you in the past. And right. Instead of turning around and walking away and saying, suck it up, or like, I don't have time to hear you type thing. Yeah. Or even worse, like for someone to just try and battle their mental health on their own, because rewinding back to my story, I spent four years doing that where I thought that I could manage my, my symptoms on my own. And I progressively got worse and worse and unhealthy, more and more unhealthy, both physically and mentally. And right. it served no purpose to anybody. Yeah, And we want really, we just, we want to avoid that from happening because I truly believe that mental health is something that can be managed on a day-to-day basis if you're given the right tools and environment to do so. Absolutely. If you don't have that, then that's something that becomes the statistic in Canada is one in five people will have mental illness in in any given year, one in five Canadians. But every Canadian has mental health and it's how we manage that mental health that prevents us from getting to that Ill- mental illness point. And, and hence, you know, the, the trigger to all of this, if I just come back to it, is is creating a space for people to talk, right? So you were, yeah. a space was created to have a real conversation. And, yeah. you know, I really, I really um, feel where you're coming from because I went through my own mental health um, challenges as well, my own mental health illness. Uh, and mm-hmm. that's what inspired me to write my book. It inspired me to do the work that I do today because mm-hmm. I was dealing with, uh, I was diagnosed with depression and everyone just thought, well, it's like, oh, you know, your husband's really ill. Um, you're fine, Carolyn, you're fine. And mm-hmm. I wasn't for four years. I was struggling with this, with depression and I didn't know what it was. I thought it was normal. I thought it was normal when you're 32 years old to not want to get out of bed and that I just had a lot on my plate. I didn't know that it was stress and I didn't realize that I was dealing with it in uh, an unhealthy way. So I, I as well turned after, you know, I got myself well again, I turned inwards and to the workplace too and thought, how can we help each other in the workplace? Um, so, you know, it's just, we definitely have a, a similar, a similar philosophy to using the workplace to help us heal. Absolutely. And I mean, Canadians spend more time at work than they do at home if right. they have unemployment. So why not create an environment that has that positivity and shift people's mindsets so they think just like we do and everybody's help everybody as opposed to 
everybody often feels like they need to compete and talking about mental health might make you feel that leadership now sees you as somebody that's weaker and that's not capable of doing a higher position because right. you're strapped at right. that front level. Let's eliminate that because as I said years ago, my my brand wasn't very well received in the agency, but today we're making industry-wide changes and it's the same person. It's just a different mindset. Right. Right. And we can do that for the other 240 employees that are in our agency and they come up with ideas as well. And that's what we're looking at doing with this program. And so Greg, how did, um, how did the armor that like, take the armor off? Like, are you a fan of Brene Brown? Like how did that come into, into play here? So that actually came to me from a friend of yours by the name of Mark Snedden. Oh, and good old Mark. Good Shout old Mark. out to Mark. Yeah. And uh, Mark actually, Mark and I met for coffee uh, back in January. And uh, Mark was actually the same person that made that phone call back in uh, 2018 or 17, sorry, asking to join the culture change committee. So uh, I was meeting Mark for coffee and I was coming out of my car and I was walking up to the coffee shop and Mark was standing at the front door and he goes, how heavy is that? Hmm. And I looked at him and I said, what are you talking about? He's like, that's got to be the heaviest walk I've ever seen. Why don't you take off your armor? Oh, Mark, he's so I, brilliant with his comments. He is. And it was so well-timed. I needed to hear that um, because I was starting to do more and more public appearances and more and more conversations like what we're having um, in a more professional setting at that time. And people were mentioning that I need to smile more and I need to be lighter. And I didn't understand what that meant. And Mark broke it down for me. And he said, you got to just drop that guard and just let people in. And it's okay to be vulnerable and it's okay to be, um, you're courageous in telling your story, but be vulnerable while you're doing it and be authentic in the way that you tell it. And that's what take off your armor means is just leading with authenticity and storytelling with like, authentic storytelling and just being you and there isn't a work greg and a real life greg anymore it's just greg greg Greg. it's yeah and that's and you know i had a similar um i had work carolyn and then i had um home carolyn and then i probably there's another carolyn in there too um but it's i've got i've come to a place as, as well in that it's just i am i am good enough uh and mark i will add has had some profound impact on me as well with the things that he has said um so i've been fortunate and uh, uh, to work with him um and i didn't even realize that connection that you and he had um yeah. So yeah, it is. We are enough. And how can we take that armor off? And as somebody who is, um, you know, cer- certified in Brene Brown's work, this mm-hmm. idea of understanding our armor and how it's getting in our, our way, because the only way that we are going to be able to survive the workplace and heal in the workplace is to take off that armor, be vulnerable, lean into those conversations and and accept accept the discomfort um that comes along with that but you know maybe maybe you could share just you know where you've come with that now that you've leaned into some of this discomfort and taking off the armor does it you know does it get does it get easier um do you still have those little funny like you know butterflies when you lean into difficult conversations and what make what gets you through it because vulnerability is always going to be something that's a little bit tricky do you feel more comfortable with it now um, I'm getting there and I'm getting more comfortable. I find that by taking off the armor, I can receive, um, critical feedback, mm. uh, 
or I shouldn't say critical feedback, but like I can, I'm more, I'm more able to take critiques. And if people have an issue with me, I'm able to handle that a lot better because I remember that I am human. And while sometimes it still does sting, and I'll give an example of that in a second, it does get a lot easier and I'm immediately ready to start repairing the situation. Right. Um, as long, but, and I, I don't hold on to the idea that I'm, I'm not perfect anymore because it's no longer relevant. I don't feel the need to be right. But, um, an example of what I've been doing with the take off my armor is that, um, I've mentioned a couple times now in my history, my brand used to be not very great with the organization. And there's still a lot of rebuilding of trust that needs to happen, particularly with management level and higher. So, what I've started doing is I've started making appointments with each manager in our organization and I sit down with them and I explain that three years ago, there was a very different time in my life. And the work that I've been doing since then has been to repair my relationship within the organization. But I understand that there still might be some trust issues. So please let me know what it is that I'm doing that you would like to see me doing differently, either professionally or personally. And let me know how I can rebuild that trust with you. Wow. What kind of responses have you been getting to that? So far, um, I've only had three meetings, but they've been with the executive director of my organization um, and two of the directors. Um, oh, actually, I've had four because I've had one with a, with a middle management as well. And the reaction so far has been um, fairly positive. Um, they see the they see the change and the, uh, my executive director actually told me that I'm one of the only people that's ever completely lost their trust, but done a complete 180 and regained it. And they're willing to let me do whatever I feel is necessary to better the organization at this point. Wow. Congratulations, Greg. That's a, that's a great example of being vulnerable and leaning into it and not knowing what the outcome, I'm guessing, I mean, you don't know what the outcome is going to be to these conversations, but you're embracing that discomfort and leaning into it. Absolutely. And there was a lot of people that were when I was so in 2016, or sorry, 2015 to 2016, I actually called in sick to work 71 times. Oh my gosh. 15 months. Wow. And it was for my illness, but it caused a lot of um, confusion and chaos in the organization because when I'm not there, they have to replace me and there's no consistency with those that we take care of. There's a laundry list of reasons. Mm -hmm. So there are still some people in the organization that hold ill feelings. And I'm looking to repair that, those relationships now. And the only way that I'm able to do that is to, to take off my armor and just march in and see what I need to do. Because I, I, my goal is to obviously make forward progression, progression through in the organization and hold higher titles. So I want to gain people's trust at those levels before I get there rather than get there and spend time or waste time trying to get their trust at that point. Like I want to fix that before I'm even there and just right. have them know and trust me. Right. And, uh, so that's, that's what we're doing right now. And that's what this take off your armor movement that we're pushing is. And that idea came right from Mark and I, I have to give him credit for that. So thank you, Mark. Yeah. Well, yeah. Another shout out to Mark and let's give a shout out to Tim too. And the one degree team as well. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Tim did wonderful work for us and, yeah. uh, highly recommend him and his organization to anybody. Yeah, I'm I uh, I feel very honored and privileged to work with that group and uh you know, I'm just doing more and more uh work and we're trying to grow our community too to help heal workplaces uh because really um as we've just discussed here and your great examples Greg, everybody 
in the organization can make an impact and create can help create and evolve a culture mm-hmm. so that we're there to support each other so that it's a place we want to go to instead of a place we dread going to. And exactly. so, you know, I'm just, I'm so grateful, Greg, that you reached out and, and that you, um, and that you shared your story with us. It's, it's, uh, it's amazing. Um, Thank you. I do want to ask what armor, what, what armor shows up for you? Cause I mean, it's not, let's be real. We can't like shed it completely and walk around without it all the time. But what, uh, what shows up once in a while for you and how do you deal with it? Um, I would say that there is a lot, my, my armor goes up when, um, mental health is discussed and Mm. whether or not it's, um, it's a real thing or a real reason to not be at work. Um, that's a conversation that I find very hard and I get very defensive about, but Mm. I'm learning to, um, appreciate the fact that this is still a fairly new movement, um, where we're looking to battle mental health here in Canada. And, um, even though, um, organizations like Bell Let's Talk and um, the National Standard, they're coming out with these amazing programs. There's still a lot of people out there that are the late adopters, or they might even be naysayers. And um, I'm learning to value their opinion and to just shift my presentation to, um, to help them better understand what it is, like those that haven't suffered from it or know anybody that suffered from it and educate them on what it is without them really seeing it and just understanding that stigma is still a thing and it will only take people talking about it and um, openly accepting critical feedback um, that we can really fix it and educate people the right way on what it is and why it needs to stop. Wow. Well, Greg, you are an inspiration and I, uh, I hope, I hope our paths cross, uh, in person. You know, I, I, I know Ottawa is not too far away from Toronto and, um, you know, if you're ever in the Toronto area, would love to, would love to connect. How could our listeners, um, connect with you or hear more about what you're doing? Is, is there a, is there a way that you're looking to, um, to connect with people? Uh, well, you can find me on LinkedIn. Um, I believe that I'm the only Greg Swain on LinkedIn. Uh, that's spelled <laughs> with the MP at the end. Okay. Um, but um, I'm also on Twitter and Instagram under the um, name I am Stoutheart. Um, and finally, I just received an opportunity this past Monday to be a um, content provider uh, for a new organization called Unsinkable which is uh, run by Silken Lawman, who's oh, yeah. the uh, Olympic rower. Yep. And uh, I will be writing content for them uh, moving forward, telling my story and telling the story of our workplace and our team and what we're doing to better mental health in the workplace uh, moving forward. And that's going to be an ongoing series as well. Well, I hope that uh, everyone out there follows you and um, you've got, you've got lots of hope that you are, are giving people, you're igniting change and you're really inspiring people to take off hashtag take off their armor. So Greg, thanks. Thank you once again for, uh, for reaching out. I'm, uh, I'm sure we're going to stay connected here in, in some way, shape or form. And uh, until then, thank you. uh, uh, to everyone who tuned into this episode, you heard of lots of great resources there. Um, Greg and I are both from Canada. So for any of you not listening in Canada, um, have a look at our great Canadian resources and, and hopefully you can find something similar in, in your, uh, in your countries as well. So uh, really quick, yeah. um, all of the resources that I listed today are available to anybody, regardless oh. of where they are in the world, they can use it free of charge. Perfect. And I've confirmed that with each organization. 
Perfect. Well, thank you for clarifying that, Greg. I know no sometimes problem. I've heard people say, well, we don't have that in our country. So um, yeah, if we, if you, you go, can borrow art. there you go, there you go. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, uh, we're going to wrap up this episode of PWE and me, and I look forward to uh, seeing you again soon sometime, Greg, and uh, look forward to uh, another episode. We'll see you later. personal and professional about different elements of PWE and it's available on Amazon or on Indigo. Thanks to all of you out there. This is why we do this. This is why we have this conversation. We look forward to being with you again on our next PWE and Me podcast. Now, the best way you can hear us is to subscribe on Spotify, or iTunes. And if you don't like either one of those two, you can always go to my website at carolynswara.com.